My entitled parents break into my house while I'm away for work and squat for weeks, refusing to leave and demanding to live there for free. Things got so bad that I had to get the police involved just to kick them out. Here's what happened. I'm a 30-year-old male and my parents didn't really want kids. I was an only child and pretty much an accidental pregnancy from what relatives have told me as my parents claimed that they were going to be child-free when they were married. My childhood was initially good, but I think that once I grew out of the cute and adorable phase, my My parents were less inclined to spend time with me. They both worked and had their own business that they started together. That business was their life, and I was always second fiddle to it. Any other close family members, like my grandparents, lived states away, and I barely knew anything about them until I was an adult. So I had no other family around me my entire childhood. I was practically raised by TV and my school teachers. My own birthdays, by the time I became a teenager, were often spent without my parents, as they would just give me some money and tell me to go out and buy whatever I wanted. It was more or less the same with Christmas, and sometimes even back-to-school shopping. We would not have even bothered with a Christmas tree after I turned 10 if it weren't for the fact that I convinced my parents to just buy a fake one that I could build up and then take apart later every year. If I were to describe my parents, it would be best to think of them as those people who always wore black, drink lots of wine, and look down their noses at other people. And the last time I saw my parents, they still looked and acted the same way. Although my father was always wearing a toupee now. When I turned 16, I asked my parents if I could work part-time for them at their business, and they just told me that they had no open positions for anything like that. They may as well have just come right out and said that they don't want me there. After I turned 18, my parents told me that since I was an adult, they expect me to move out as soon as possible. I was working part-time because I was still in high school, and I didn't have anywhere near enough save for college. But not long after high school ended, my parents told me to pack up and move out. They got an official eviction notice that gave me 30 days and everything. They didn't even help me move. I had to get help from a friend's dad who owns a truck. I ended up renting a really terrible apartment and working retail. I had no real life experience and no time for college. Then, after just a few months, I got fired because my manager legitimately had it out for me and wrote me up for the stupidest things you could think of. And worst of all, I'm not the only person that he would do this to. I called corporate about it and so did a few other people. Well, corporate looked into the manager and they were soon fired for various reasons, not many of which I actually know since it was mostly kept quiet. But someone told me that theft and cigarettes were a part of it. The manager in question was a chain smoker. Corporate refused to hire me back and only said that they would change the record to say that I was laid off instead of terminated so my resume would still be clean. I guess they must have considered me to be damaged goods or something. I ended up going broke pretty fast because I was terrible at managing my own money and I couldn't find steady employment. So I lost my apartment, and I went back to my parents begging for help, but they refused to take me in, not even for a little while to get me back on my feet. I ended up homeless and living out of a tent in someone's backyard in the winter. My friends had all moved on to college, some in other states, and I was a broke kid taking whatever work I could just to stay alive. My salvation came when one of the neighbors of my parents found out I was living out of a tent and offered to take me in for a little while so I wouldn't freeze. She helped me bother my parents enough into them telling me about other members of my estranged family. My parents did not want to say, though. My guess is out of fear of being judged for throwing their son out the way that they did. But they coughed up the info and gave me a list of contact details and then told me not to bother them ever again. So I called my grandparents from my father's side of the family and they were very surprised and happy to hear from me because they hadn't seen me since I was an infant and I'm their only grandchild. My grandparents, after finding 
finding out about my situation, flew me over to live with them as soon as they could. They basically adopted me at this point. My parents didn't even see me off to the airport, despite being invited to do just that. I had zero contact with them for pretty much a decade. My grandparents said that they despise my parents for treating me so poorly. They have basically legally disowned them by striking them from their wills. My parents, I'm told, were not happy to hear that, but also said that it didn't matter because they were plenty well off and didn't need anything from my grandparents. But it's funny how the world works because boy how wrong that statement turned out to be. After about a year of living with my grandparents, I was able to afford to start going to community college. I got an associate's degree, I got a decent job thanks to a recommendation from my grandfather, and eventually my grandparents offered to sell me their house so they could retire in Arizona. My grandma wanted to live in a warmer climate as the cold winter was getting harder and harder on her health every year. I was sad to see them go, but I happily bought the house. They sold it to me for one-third its value, and I will have it paid off in just a few more years. My job has me going away on the road periodically, so I can end up away from home for weeks at a time. Not that I mind the travel. I have no pets or a girlfriend or anything like that. I honestly wouldn't have time for them right now, but in a few years when I have some things in order, I'll make time. I don't want to be a lonely bachelor for the rest of my life. And now with all of that in mind, one day in late 2020, I came home after being away for only two weeks, only to find a large white van I did not recognize in my driveway. I was getting ready to call the police when I noticed the van had the logo for my parents' business on the side of it. And at that point, I felt such a sense of dread. Yes, you guessed it, my parents were there. They had broken in somehow and were living out of my home. And they had the nerve to greet me like we were buddy-buddy the moment I walked in. I told them to get out of my house, but they refused to do so because it was grandma and grandpa's house. I said it wasn't their house anymore, stating that they sold it to me when they retired. And they would have known this if they were involved in my life in any way, shape, or form. But they threw me to the wolves 10 years prior with no life experience. We argued and they refused to leave. My father told me it was his parents' house first, and that apparently meant that he and my mother had every right to live there if they wanted to. I walked right into my bedroom, locked the door, and called the police. When the cops showed up, they were of no help. My parents claimed to them that they had already been there long enough to have residency, which was an absolute, complete lie. But I had no cameras to prove they weren't there for a month. My neighbors had no cameras either, so it was my word against my parents over how long they'd actually really been there. And they were claiming squatters' rights. They told the police they had a verbal rental agreement with me and that I was trying to illegally evict them for no reason. My mother even started to cry when she said that. The police told me it was a family dispute and to file an eviction with the courts to get them out. And this was in 2020. Getting to court for anything took longer because of the pandemic. Meanwhile, my parents are squatting in my house rent-free and rubbing it in my face. For the information I got out of them, their business went bankrupt and they sold off almost everything they had to pay their debts. All they had left was the van and a few personal belongings. So they expected to live in my house rent-free for the foreseeable future. They were both working as well. My father was a delivery driver and my mom was a sales associate. They were making money and the only things they paid for were electricity and water bills, which was basically just handing me a $100 bill every month and saying I should be grateful they were paying me anything. Anytime I tried to discuss proper rent with them, they just said I owed it to them to live rent-free because I took 18 years of their lives. And it's not like they were demanding the money back for that time. They threatened to stop helping with the utilities altogether. I was so at my wit's end that I ended up calling my grandparents to explain the situation to them. They were very unhappy and spoke with my 
my parents, but my parents still said that they had every right to stay in my house and refused to budge on anything. My grandfather told me that he was sorry it had to come to this and that if they hadn't sold the house, my parents wouldn't have invaded. I told him not to be sorry. I'd already filed for a legal eviction and would be getting it soon enough. And my parents already knew that they were on borrowed time. I made sure to say that in earshot of my parents too. They only gave me the silent treatment. My father was away most of the time, driving a delivery vehicle six days out of the week, which was a job really not to his liking. And my mother basically tried to take over my house in her spare time. She demanded that I let her rearrange my living room and even tried to force me to give her and my father the master bedroom, all because they were my parents and that they deserved it. I vetoed both of those things and said that they don't deserve better and to stop trying to act like I owe them anything. I didn't ask to be born and it's a normal obligation for parents to raise their own children and all they were doing was trying to assert dominance to try and keep me from kicking them out. Finally, after four months and now into early 2021, I managed to take my parents to court over their squatting. We only needed to go to court because they fought the eviction and tried to gaslight me into rescinding it. They tried to use the fact that it was formerly my grandparents' house and the fact that they were giving me $100 a month as some sort of leverage for residency. But there was no real rental agreement and they were smart enough not to try and forge one as that would have been fraud. So the judge ordered that they needed to be out in a maximum of 30 days because they had zero claim on my house. After court, they confronted me and said they were disappointed in me for kicking out my own flesh and blood. And when they said that, I couldn't help but laugh and call them hypocrites because that's exactly what they did to me without a single care in the world for my well-being. They had no love for me, so I have no love for them. I owed them nothing. They just tried to act like everything that was mine was actually theirs. But they had no right to call themselves my parents because they've never really acted like it. I called them a pair of snobby, lying narcissists to their faces and told them to get their affairs in order because they already know I won't hesitate to call the police if they don't leave my house when the 30 days are over. And when I said that, my father looked enraged, but my mother stopped him from saying or doing anything by grabbing his shoulder and shaking her head. He sneered at me and walked away. They left, but not without a lot of tension. That final month was spent with them either guilting me to try and make me change my mind or completely ignoring me. I put up a calendar in the living room and checked off each day before they had to leave with a red marker. And the exact day that they were meant to be out was marked with a big red circle. My parents waited until the exact day that they had to leave my home for good before they finally left. Even when all their stuff was out of the house, they were still sleeping on the floor in the guest bedroom for a few days. I guess because they were so convinced that they could make me let them stay. They didn't even bother to try and look for an apartment until the court eviction went through. And my mother spent weeks scrambling to find an apartment. They had to get a tiny, terrible studio apartment in the next city over because it was the only thing they could find on such short notice. Which really is some beautiful karma because this is exactly what I had to do when I was 18. I drove my mother over to see it once and the apartment was terrible. The walls were a baby barf green and the carpet looked like it was 20 years old. The only window just had a view of a brick wall outside and there was no dishwasher. My mother went out of her way to try and give me sad looks while dropping hints that I should be feeling guilty and that I was reducing them to live in such a space. But I just acted oblivious to it all until she finally stopped doing that. They signed the lease right away and moved what little stuff they had into the apartment over the weekend. They also ended up demanding the queen size bed, dresser, and flat screen TV from my guest bedroom. I told them to just take it and get out because I no longer wanted them in my house after they spent five months sleeping in that room. They 
They looked at me like I was treating them as though they were diseased and demanded nothing more. The moment they had to leave for good, I started changing the locks on all exterior doors. All of their garbage was at the apartment, and they had spent their last night in my guest bedroom. They watched me start ripping the old lock off the front door as they were getting into the van. They said nothing to me, and I said nothing to them. But they just sat and watched for a while until I had a new doorknob on the door. Then they finally left. I breathed a massive sigh of relief the second that van went down the road. I figured karma had finally come for them, and they could live under a rock for all I care. But nope, my grandparents heard from them recently. They had called them to brag about their new business, similar to their old one that went under. And apparently, it was making good money, which allowed them to start looking down on others once again. I've already Googled their business, and apparently it really is doing well. They have many positive reviews and everything, but truth be told, I feel pretty resentful. They put me through being homeless, squatted illegally in my house for months, then went right back to being the snobby, wine-drinking business people that they used to be. So if karma really is real, it's taking just a little bit too long for my life. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What a crazy circumstance to be in. I definitely can understand where the original poster is coming from, where they're upset that their parents somehow got back on their feet. And honestly, you can't control that. But what you can control is the fact that they are out of your life. You legitimately never have to deal with them ever again. You were able to say your piece and essentially get back at them for what they did to you. You kicked them out when times were tough and you showed them exactly how you felt when you got kicked out. All because you were 18 years old and just a child. I mean, those parents really did suck overall. So if anything, I would just be glad that you never have to deal with them ever again in your life. And that alone really could be the best silver lining to come out of all of this. My boyfriend doesn't want to get a job, but he is a lovely person. But right now, I'm not sure if I should stay with him. What should I do? I am a 27-year-old female, and I have been in a relationship with my boyfriend for about a year now. He is 35 years old. When it comes to me, I am financially stable and I own my own house. When I met my boyfriend, I was under the impression that he was well-to-do because the area he lived in was very fancy. It turns out that he sleeps on his parents' couch and is unemployed. But I didn't care because he was super loving and very patient with me. I've taken him on holidays, bought him presents, stayed at fancy hotels, I've spent money on lots of meals for us, and I was thinking of getting a house for us, and we were joking around, saying that he was my sugar baby. It was fun at first, and then led to an argument last week over the longevity of our relationship if I lost my money overnight, or if I just didn't have any 
money anymore. So I asked him the question, what if I didn't have any money anymore? What would happen to our relationship? But all he could say is that it would be a shame. And now because he said that, I feel really disgusted. It's made me rethink our relationship a lot. His counter argument is that money is not our whole relationship, stating that he has put equal amounts of effort in by looking after me emotionally. Admittedly, I am a demanding partner, as I have BPD and I am a bit spoiled. I have been with him for a year because he's caring, loving, and understanding. No one has ever taken such time in listening to me with such patience and care. Most of my previous exes have had 9-5 to jobs and often not been able to cater to my emotional needs due to work as well as daily stressors. So I do get where he is coming from. However, I also wonder if this relationship is still worth pursuing. He thinks that taking the time to look after me is his way of love and is equated to the money I've spent on him. He has no motivation to get a job and this has been going on for as long as I've known him. His reasoning is that he does not simply want to get some random job because he thinks it's better to spend his energy somewhere else. So I really don't know if he has a lot of money. If anything, I think he just gets money from his parents so he can buy food for himself. So with his stomach full and a roof over his head, I get why he's not bothered to work. Should I stay in this relationship? I was never looking for a sugar baby, but this is currently how things have worked out. What should I do? I think if you want to have some kind of longevity in your relationship, then he definitely needs to get a job. The man is 35 years old, and he only has money because his parents give him money. Like, that's so irresponsible that age. There's just no good excuse, in my opinion. And sure, he's there for you emotionally, but he's also only there because he has a roof over his head and he's got food in his stomach. In my opinion, this guy is just a leech. He is using you for money and shelter. And if I were in your shoes, this would personally be a big deal breaker. I wouldn't put up with this for a second, and I'm really surprised you do. Because I think you know for a fact that if the money and the house disappeared, he would most likely go to somebody else and try to find another sugar mama to take care of his needs and his wants. And that is exactly how he views you. You're taking care of every physical need that he could want. And if that all disappeared, I guarantee you he would as well. So in my opinion, I think you can do so much better than this guy because your boyfriend is honestly just a leech. And unless he makes some serious changes and I don't know, gets a job, then I really don't see this relationship lasting very long at all. My boyfriend's sleeping issues are becoming a problem and I'm not sure what to do. I've been with my boyfriend for seven years and we recently moved in together. We've been on long road trips where we slept together for one to two months at a time and no serious issues came up. We've also had a few other sleepovers with no problems. The other day, I got home late from school and went to kiss my boyfriend on the head while he was asleep. He suddenly jolts awake and had one hand out to grab my throat and the other in a fist. At first, I was laughing because of how much a kiss startled him while he looked horrible. Last night, he woke up at around 4 in the morning by squeezing my arm with both hands, then jolting awake. In the morning, I tried to talk to him and say he should go see a doctor and how it seems like he has some kind of unresolved trauma, but he didn't want to talk about it. Sometimes when I sleep on his chest, I accidentally lay my arm around his neck and he always lowers my arm and tells me it feels like I'm choking him. He admitted he had a dream where his father was holding him down and he was trying to gain leverage to flip him over. Hence why he grabbed my arm with both hands. He also said he woke up with my arm around his neck and that may have been what triggered it. Another time on our trip, he jolted awake and sat up. He admitted that he had a dream that he had been in a car accident. Earlier this year, he was in an accident where he got hit on the driver's side and his car got totaled. He admitted to feeling like he had PTSD for a few months, but that it's mostly faded away. My boyfriend lived in a terrible house as a child, all for about eight years, 
divorce and finally moved out three years ago. While he lived there, there were times when he would wake up at two in the morning to his father and girlfriend physically fighting and punching holes in the wall. They would wake him up and drag him into what was happening. There's also been times where he's had to take his sisters out of the situation and has gotten into fights with his father and his girlfriend just to protect his sisters. I also know he used to sleep with a knife under his pillow and has had to call the cops on his father's girlfriend in the past for things that she would try to do to him. When I would visit him at his dorm, he'd only sleep with the door shut and locked. I don't know if this was because of his roommates or if this was because of some of his previous trauma. Now, he'll only sleep with the door shut, something I had to just get used to once I moved in. And he also wouldn't fall asleep until I fell asleep first. He used to go to bed very late, between 1 to 4 in the morning, and had admitted that he was scared to fall asleep in the past. Everything is starting to come together more, and I'm not sure what to do. My boyfriend was in therapy for 10 years and doesn't want to start it again. He's managed his problems of the past, but they all seem to come out in his sleep. He said if he goes to a doctor, they'll just prescribe him anti-anxiety pills or recommend therapy, so he doesn't want to go. He told me to avoid touching him in his sleep and how he thinks the serious incident happened because I wasn't already home, so he didn't know who I was while he was asleep. This situation is really messy and very sensitive, and I'm not sure what to do. That is really terrible that your boyfriend went through that. It sounds like he has some really bad PTSD. I can only imagine being brought up in a household like that, where it's so dangerous that you don't even know if you can go to sleep properly. That had to have been scary, and obviously that affected him in a serious way. And while I'm sure he has dealt with his problems in the past, it does sound like there's still things going on. So I think therapy probably would be the best bet for him at this point. He gets physically violent in his sleep, and I can see this becoming a problem or being really dangerous in the future. I think you're getting off lucky of what he could accidentally do if he wasn't aware that it was you in the first place. I mean, he almost punched you in the face when you woke him up by kissing him on the forehead, and he even used to sleep with a knife under his pillow. I mean, that is some serious trauma right there. I know you love your boyfriend and you want to spend time with him, but it probably would be smart to sleep in a separate bed for now. These problems clearly come out when he's sleeping, and the last thing you need is to get injured or hurt, all because he starts having another episode while he's asleep. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And the next time you live stream, use the Cream of the Crop music. Search Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever platform you use for copyright-free music to use for your next stream.